0: This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Welcome to my fully operational Star Wars analysis. You see how it's fully operational? Anyway. Uh, visit mjmunoz.com FO for notes and links, and don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help me grow. This is fully operational episode 46. I'm calling it Take Care Trooper and I am covering Star Wars The Bad Batch Episode 7, Season 1 Episode 7, which is called Battle Scars. The writer is Jennifer Corbett. The story editor is Matt Michnovetz, my boy. The director is Saul Ruiz, and the score is done by Kevin Kiner. And jump straight to the bad of this episode, the Martez sisters got the credit for connecting Rex and The Bad Batch. I'm being petty and bitter, um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm no Jedi, so I'm going to feel those feelings and, and talk about them a little bit, but I'm ready to let it go, <coughs> more or less. Uh, Rex and Hunter sound almost identical. I know it's all D. D Bradley Baker, but still. Uh, I think they're putting too much on Baker. Uh, give that man a rest. Um, it's, just, it's, it's it's too much, and I, I'm kind of being nitpicky because there was a lot of good in this episode, and I ranked it really high, but uh, I just thought I had to represent actual you know negative stuff, so there we go. Moving on to the good. Seeing Wrecker earnestly deadly was a lot of fun. It was like a horror movie, seeing him turn on the crew. Uh, it was very well played. And then those Scrap Planet Patrol guys have a great look, especially for being glorified garbage men. So that was pretty cool. Uh, moving into the, uh, the deep section, the deep end of this uh, analysis. Uh, the idea Wreck shares with Hunter that the Republic still exists is interesting to me. The Sith coup changed the Republic to Empire with thunderous applause, but that doesn't mean that most people actually want the Empire as opposed to the Republic. Palpatine promised them safety and security through the might of the Empire. It isn't wrong for people to want that, necessarily. The Republic was riddled with corruption, but the Empire is despotic and tyrannical. No one chooses to be born. The circumstances of your lot are out of your control, and you have to choose who what you do with what you are given. The right thing to do is to act morally. What do you do when you are born into an immoral world? What do you do when your world abandons morality for the sake of security? Do you rebel against that? Do you stand in opposition to that world? If you do, are you just disturbing the peace? Or are you fighting for true peace? Is empire a republican attitude, mindset, or spirit? Anyway, all that was sparked by that. Um, and I, I have a question basically inspired by that and I'll, I'll go over that uh, speculation uh, we'll see the Bad Batch called in to a mission uh, by Rex but it'll probably be in the next season the pacing of the show makes me feel like they can tell a lot more stories with this crew and I think it will uh, keep working too I've really enjoyed the show so far um, I heard some people say oh we need to get four episode arcs We need to get this. I don't think we necessarily need to do I think we need to let the show do whatever the show's going to do Uh, Whether that be, you know, single episodes, two-parters, three-parters, four-parters, whatever, maybe a mix of all of them. Um, I think the storytelling has been really good so far, and I'm really interested in what exactly is going on. So, uh, I don't really feel strongly either way. And at first, I was thinking uh, that this show is so good, it should just be one self-contained season worth of storytelling. But, uh, you know, I think I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong about that. I think it's good enough that it can support a lot more and we can get a lot more depth out of these characters. So I say run for two, three, four, six, seven, whatever, how many seasons you need to uh, just keep the Clone Wars going. (laughs) No, that's not what I mean. But uh, sincerely, yeah, I'd be okay with the Bad Batch going for at least a second season. I I feel like they can definitely do that. Uh, But then again, if they make it just one solid, beautiful season, that'd be okay too. Alright, so moving on to the questions. Uh, First question, how do you feel about the Bad Batch's shifting priorities? Should they just focus on keeping Omega safe, or do they need to join the Rebellion already? Kind of in the spirit of that, but maybe not really. Another question is, is the Republic really gone? Does it still exist, even even in these early days of the Empire? If so, how, and what does that mean? So I'm going to let you know I gave this episode a score of 4 out of 5. Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch, 107, Battle Scars, was a lot of fun. I love being thrown into the tail end of a mission every now and then, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, The Wrecker Gone Rogue stuff was thrilling. Aside from that, uh, Hunter coming to terms with the fact that he has to decide what they are going to do with their lives is interesting. My favorite part of how that was handled is probably the fact that Rex is giving them time and space and isn't pressuring them to join the Rebellion. I don't even know if there's officially a Rebellion yet or not. Anyway. Uh, he loves and cares for his brothers even if he is willing to kill them and he wants them to be okay. And that's not contradictory. He wants them to be okay. He was willing to kill them. You saw that in the bar when he was reaching for his gun. Omega noticed it and I don't know, Hunter and maybe Wrecker too. Uh, everybody noticed that he was going for his gun when he heard about Wrecker still having his chip or a lot of them still having their chips. Um, and, you know, he had to kill his brothers before. Uh, you know, we saw that in Clone Wars Season 7. So... Um, It's not that shocking, you know. Um, But you can have both things be true. You can have the fact that he's willing to kill them and the fact that he wants them to be okay. Because, you know, once they're under the control of the chip, what can you do? It's very complicated. Anyway. um, so, So, he knows and respects that they've been through a lot and wants to see them taken care of. That kind of makes for a love versus duty conflict that I find interesting applied to this situation. So, will he... Do his duty and mow down his brothers or you know fight for the rebellion or whatever or will he you know out of love for them and care for them let them go and you know not join the fight and not be part of the rebellion because you know what? they've had enough like it's an interesting conflict because they were bred to be soldiers and they don't need to keep doing that especially now that the republic has gone and the empire is there but then again uh maybe for the love of the republic and for the ideas that that stood for you would continue fighting and it's a uh, it's not an easy to discern situation. You can make, um, there's valid points on either side to abandon the fight or to stay in the fight. So uh, I really like I really like the nuance there. All right, so I'll go ahead and answer those questions that I asked. How do I feel about the Bad Batch's shifting priority? Should they just focus on keeping Omega safe or do they need to join the Rebellion already? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, kind of leading into, or, you know, what I was just saying, I don't necessarily feel like they need to join the rebellion. Um, they're a small group of guys, uh, but the Empire is evil. They must resist them. Resist, resist, resist. Okay, hold on, hold on. You need to take care of you and yours. And uh, like at this stage, what are they supposed to do? Just go around blowing up imperial citizens? Uh, <laughs> there needs to be a plan of attack. And uh, I don't know if uh, yeah, I, this this might all be too difficult to unpack but I'm okay with them for now uh just taking care of Omega and making sure she's safe and just kind of surviving but I would like to see them uh do it morally um like was brought up in the episode in the context of the episode this is all kind of going back also to why the episode was so good is that uh you know you don't know what this you know they intercepted this reptile right in the beginning of the episode and uh you know it's either going to be someone's pet or it's going to be food or it's something else right um and if it's just an animal, like a cow or a chicken or something, well, it's someone's right to keep that as a pet or eat it, you know? Um, if it's their property and if it was stolen from them, then, you know, having it intercept isn't a bad thing. But Sid doesn't care. She's so immoral. Amoral. Uh, yeah, not immoral. She's amoral. She doesn't care uh, as long as she's getting money. So um, is that somebody you necessarily want to work for? I don't think so. Uh, you know, money's important. Money is necessary. But, like, what you do for money matters. So... If they're just earning a living to keep um, to keep Omega safe, that makes sense. They can't really be bounty hunters. Maybe they could hire themselves out as mercenaries, or um, again, like Burn Notice, uh, you know, leverage. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what other shows, um, you know, Angel, a small group of experts who can help people deal with their problems. They can, you know, help the helpless, so to speak. But who who happen to have credits? Um, they could do that kind of stuff. But I don't know that that's what they're going to do. Um, but I wouldn't mind it going that way, and I could see I'd be happy if they went off in that direction and were just independent app operators who had a certain a particular set of skills that they decided that they got over uh, you know a lifetime of training uh, and they decided to use them to help people to help regular ordinary common people throughout the galaxy, and um, that would be a fun show for me. I would dig that. There does need to be an overarching threat, or overarching threat, or or you know arc to each season. Um, both internal and external, I think the internal ones are there, but the external would be, you know, uh, their bro, uh, Crosshair coming after them, Tarkin coming after them, and et cetera, et cetera, you, 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 get the external stakes, but, uh, you know, those are there already, regardless of if they lean into being a rebellion, or, or, you know, becoming part of the rebellion, or if they're just independent operators who are doing their own thing, helping common people. Next question, uh, Is the Republic really gone? Does it still exist even in the early days of empire? If so, how does it mean? I wanted to add on to this. Maybe I will um, in the text version of this. uh, Does the Republic still only exist because it's so early in the days of the empire? After one year, five years, ten years, does the Republic die officially and it just becomes the empire? Uh, And again, if so, how and what does that mean? So I'm going to say that kind of like I alluded to in the, uh, the deep section earlier, uh, I don't think Republic is, I don't think Republic and Empire are things. I think they're ideologies. I think they're, uh, states of mind. I think they are spirits. Um, the spirit of the Empire, because I mean, again, going back to kind of what I said earlier in my, my, uh, pondering, uh, in the deep section, in the deep end of the, uh, of the analysis, uh, you can have, you know, you can be born somewhere and, uh, there are worlds, probably imperial worlds where everything seems fine and everybody is prosperous and everything is good and people are able to, you know, live honorable lives where they do good, honest work and, um, are kind to people and help others, even help people in need, um, but then there are the worlds that the empire strip mines where they completely pollute the planet's surface and uh, basically turn it from a living, thriving planet full of people to a dead planet, either full of slaves, well, full of slaves, whether they be wookie slaves or, you know, criminal slaves of different sentient beings or if they turn the inhabitants of that planet into slaves um, and demand that they produce a certain amount of uh, material per, you know, per week, per month, per year, whatever. Um, You know, that's definitely a circumstance, but... It's not like those sorts of things kind of weren't happening in the Republic anyway. So my point is, it is a state of mind. And I think that, like, what Rex means is that the rebellion, um, this spirit of rebellion uh, is there. And it can help to restore the Republic and kind of get rid of the Empire. But really, I mean, the Empire is inside of you. If you're willing to... And again, I, I know... That, well, the Republic or the Empire is inside of you. It's, it's not a thing. And I'll ultimately, like... Uh, there's this uh, this a guy I listen to, Brian McClanahan. Uh, he talks about the fact that, like, if you know things go crazy uh, with government, like, where does it affect you most? Is it you know in the White House if things are bad, it hurts you? Is it in uh, Congress they're bad if things are bad if it hurts you? If in your state capital things are bad, it hurts you. No, uh, down at the local level, your city, your town, your uh, county the rules set by the people in charge of those things make things either good or bad for you. Now, honestly, I can't think of why I'm thinking that. Oh, but because it's the people around you. It's the people in your immediate vicinity who um, have the effect on you, the, the biggest effect on you. So it kind of matters what you're around. And even in a place like the United States where there's you know various uh, ideologies and whatnot, uh, depending on the area that you're in, There is more or less freedom. There's more or less safety, more or less safety. And I I don't mean um, laws to enforce safety. I mean, actual safety. There are like uh, Irvine in Southern California. I think it has like, you know, it had like one murder um, a year, uh, a few years in a row or something versus, you know, uh, Oakland or uh, Chicago has, you know, hundreds of murders a year. I think is the statistic, at least, you know, it's more than a dozen a year. Um, which is very sad. And even, um, my town where I live, uh, I have, uh, like police report type stuff coming on my phone sometimes. Um, there's a thing called Nixle you can look at. I think it's local for like county or whatever. Anyway. Um, and I'll see like, oh, there was a, you know, stabbing here. There was a hit and run. There was a whatever. Um, and there's like murders every now and then in my small town. In fact, there's this place that we would drive by. We never really went because, uh, my life circumstances, uh, make it so I can't go to a, uh, this sort of establishment regularly well yeah regularly um but it was like very close to places that we would go down the street from a coffee actually not even down the street in the same little complex or, or strip mall type area as a coffee shop uh, my wife and I would frequent and uh somebody was murdered there there was a fight and the guy was murdered well i can't remember the details now but someone lost their life there because somebody got mad and uh unfortunately um i don't know if that's manslaughter or murder but anyway a man is dead because another man got angry and couldn't control himself, and that's bad. And like you know, I'm, and there are more you know murders or deaths, killings like that that happen uh, just in my little area than 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 don't. And anyway, the point is, it's all about a state of mind. <clears throat> I think if all people were um, moral, you could have an empire that wasn't uh, strip mining. Um, I and I think that's the basic difference between the empire and the republic, is that there's this morality, there's this. Um, not self-control necessarily, but like a self-reliance and a willingness to um, take matters into your own hands and see that the right thing is done versus the empire's like, ah, well, the empire's gonna take care of it. Don't worry, the empire's taking care of you versus the republic. That was a struggle that they're like, hey, we need the republic to come in here and help these people and do these things. Well, okay, let's say the slave market on Tatooine. Why do there have to be slaves on Tatooine? Why does the republic have to come in and stop the slaves why can't the citizens of Tatooine refuse to deal in slavery there's actually a town down in mexico where they had a bunch of um cartel people coming and they weren't doing drug cartel stuff they'd shifted away from that they were actually um doing like black market and i don't know if you know about this but like the italian mob um would sell or was selling even i think recently uh counterfeit goods black market or not black market but counterfeit goods like they were sending olive oil to the united states and it was like Partly olive oil, and then it was cut with, like, you know, canola oil or whatever. It was crap. Um, and one way you could test that out is, like, you could freeze it. And because there's so much water in it or, or so much whatever in it that it would actually freeze. Oil isn't supposed to freeze like that in a freezer. I commercial freezer. I'm sure, you know, on Pluto it would freeze, but then anything would, wouldn't it? Anyway, um, don't, ch- don't, you know, check my science on that because um, I could be wrong about that. But there is something about, uh, even just a few years back, uh, there was all this fraudulent oil coming in from Italy due to mob type activity so um, people don't have to allow that uh, there are probably other reasons why that black market had um, or gray market maybe had uh, popped up and there are ways to like protect around that but I'm just saying um, like people were calling in for the Republic to, to do that and it's possible that people on tattooing could have you know could have stopped that um, the Zygerian slavers only were selling slaves because they have a market for slaves, so if people were moral enough to reject the idea of slavery, there wouldn't be slavery because those Zygerians would be wasting, like, we captured all these people, we fed them for so long, we whipped them, we did all that, no one wants to buy them, what are we gonna do, let's quit, let's do something else, um, maybe we can, uh, you know, offer, you know, a, a servant service where we connect people with people who want to work for money or whatever, anyway, I'm getting off into all sorts of crazy tangents, um, But yeah, I really do think maybe the Republic exists and maybe it's just that always, it's always that state of mind of, I'm going to take accountability, I'm going to take responsibility, I'm going to be moral even when other people aren't, and I'm going to, you know, do these things and act in this way, and uh, I wouldn't explicitly say that abdicating your responsibility is the definition of empire, but I think if the people are abdicating their responsibility, it certainly makes an empire more powerful, because when you're always pointing to the cops, to tell them to go take care of your problems for you with your neighbors or whatever. You're just building up that power of the state and yielding more to them. And when you give your power away to somebody else, you don't have it anymore. You have to take it back from them. But if you, for generations have a system where everyone's just throwing their power at somebody else so that they can deal with their problems for them, then ultimately that leads to, I mean, you're giving up your power. You're giving up your, your autonomy. You're giving up yourself, you're kind of enslaving yourself to the Empire. And uh, I I think it's kind of interesting. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, Thank you so much for your time and attention. I've gone way over time of what I wanted to spend on this episode, uh, but I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, that's how good this episode was. It got me to to enjoy it on a very base level. It was a simple episode, but cool stuff happened in it, and then I got to get all deep and philosophical uh, thinking about it and talking about it. So anyway, um, check out mgwinners.com for all my other fully operational Star Wars analyses. Uh, there's lots of stuff there, I've covered, uh, Clone Wars Season 7, I've covered, covered, uh, Mandalorian 1 and 2, Season 1 and 2, of course, um, lots of other Star Wars stuff there, and, uh, I have other, I have comic reviews on Swinging Through Comics, I have Tokusatsu, which is Japanese live-action superhero stuff that I've been covering, um, and that also kind of extends to anime, and, uh, anyway, I've got a lot of stuff over at mgmanage.com, look for the podcast tab, you can also check out, uh, Ava and the Glow Bug, which is a great little uh, short story I've written about a little girl trying to overcome fear and darkness with the power of uh, hope or courage and uh, maybe a little magical light. So anyway, you can check that out. I would really appreciate that. Uh, also check out at the bottom of the show notes, the, uh, the link to the uh, designs that I have, Redbubble. I have this cool one inspired by E.K. Johnston's uh, Queen Shadow. It says, my hands are yours. And it's got like the it's got these hands, and it's got, like, the Amidala lip stick and, like, cheek dot thing. It's really cool. I think it's really cool. If I hadn't made it, I would have bought it from somebody, I think. And, you know, got it on a mug or a shirt or whatever. Very cool stuff. Uh, there's that, and then there's one um, kind of uh, a Luke one um, based on a line from uh, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic. And uh, there's also a Ride the Storm patch if you're into the High Republic and the, uh, the Night Hill. So, anyway, you can check out all that stuff there. I'll be adding more designs uh, as they come up. So anyway, until next time, folks, uh, take care. This is MJ leaving you with peace and blessings.